Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to 100000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 107.5 The Game on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Welcome in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game, 107.5 in Columbia, 100.3 in Myrtle Beach, and 100.5 out in Florence. Four days away from kicking things off between the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels coming up on Saturday night. Guys, we have a depth chart. 
It's finally here. You said you said it what yesterday that last year it came out Monday night. Yesterday it comes out Monday afternoon. Should we be expecting Monday morning next year? <laughs> the trends keep going <laughs> in that work direction. Our way down. Might be Friday the week before. <laughs> Maybe. I uh, I actually texted so I I didn't thank him in text, so I'll just thank him right now. I texted Steve Fink yesterday <laughs> and I was like, Hey, happy game week, first of all. Had to get the niceties out of the way. Said, should we expect a depth chart tonight again? Because I was going to have basically what I was guessing it would be ready, and then I was going to quickly edit it to match the real thing. He says, actually, it's already out. I said, what? So then I went to GameCocksOnline.com, and sure enough, it was there already was. updated. So We graduated from the depth chart drill. To the actual depth chart itself. Exciting stuff. It, w- it was a different kind of depth chart drill, typing that thing up <laughs> as fast as I could. I thought, I thought I finally got Wes. I was like, ooh, depth chart. I saw the email, yeah, and I was like, I, I got it. And he's like, I'm already on it. I'm typing it up now. Well, so it, he thanks to Steve Fink. It, yes. it, it dropped in the middle of me and Colin doing the halftime show yesterday. Good content. At like, at like 1 o'clock. Like yeah. we were gonna, I think we were going to talk about week zero. I know, Wes, cover your ears. And he's like... <laughs> Hey, we got a depth chart. I'm like, week zero is going to have to wait. That's right. That's right. So, Wes, main takeaways from the depth chart. Well, I would say actually for the most part what we expected. And, you know, obviously you can go back far enough and say three, three months ago, maybe you wouldn't have expected this, this, or this. But as far as the way things had trended into preseason camp, for the most part, what you would have thought. We even, uh, Chris, I think you said it, and I think I agreed with you. <laughs> Will we get the oars at both tackle spots is something we were talking about yesterday before it came out, and sure enough, that's exactly what we got. They did not even list left or right tackle. Just offensive tackle. Offensive tackle, offensive guard, and, of course, a center. But, so Jackson Hughes and Sidney Fugar... Um, by all indications, that's the left tackle spot. And then Kaysen Henry or Tyshawn Wanamaker, that's the right tackle spot. So once again, we find ourselves here on the GC Takeover Hour talking about the offensive line. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was as expected. I think that for me, the only real, I would say, surprise was the oars on the defensive side at kind of those defensive end slash edge spots. They listed it as OLB this time for whatever reason. That's an edge spot. And I, I'm i not really surprised about the oars where you have Tyreek Johnson or JT Gear. Gear's got, you know, he's been banged up now as well. So you have some, some injury factors there that I think factor into that. The other side, though, Chris, just kind of served as a reminder to me Okay, we've penciled Jordan Strong in here mentally ourselves, but he is still coming off of a major knee injury. So, yes, he was out there day one with the ones when we went out there, but uh, we we do have to remember that uh, that's the case for him. And uh, I know you had picked up a little bit of info that, hey, don't count out Brian Thomas Jr. So... Uh, you know, Brian Thomas Jr., a guy who has had, um, by all indications, a, a pretty good camp in his own right. Yeah, it kind of seemed like there were maybe 
two guys. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not leaving somebody out. There are probably there's probably two or three guys on this roster on defense that could you could almost consider um, an extra starter. You know if that makes sense. So we talked about one being T.J. Sanders. Now T.J. wasn't an or, but he's going to play a lot. And Wes was talking about this yesterday. If you slide Tonka Hemingway out to edge situationally for whatever reason. T.J. Sanders is playing even more. So T.J.'s one. David Spalding, when he's healthy, is, is kind of one that falls into that category maybe. Keenan Nelson Jr. was listed as the number one guy right now, and part of that is because Spalding has been banged up again. Uh, but Brian Thomas Jr. being an or, and Desmond Umazulu, mm-hmm. who I now have corrected my pronunciation for, by the way, Wes. Did you see that in the pronunciation guide? We've been getting Desmond wrong. Been doing him wrong. Not Desmond Yuma Zulu. Desmond Yuma Zulu. You can I just say Des you? That, sure. That's what I've been or doing just up Des. to this point. But yeah, Brian Thomas Jr. is someone, and I did pick up a little bit of info. Like they've been very happy with his progression. Right. So last season he was probably playing at you know the two fifteen, the two hundred twenty pound range as a true freshman. Very undersized. He's still undersized, but he put on probably twenty pounds in the off season and. The staff seems to feel like he's going to help a good bit at that edge spot as a pass rusher. So, and, and Dez has obviously been what they thought he would be too. So that may have been still, even knowing that, even knowing that they've been happy with Dez, that they've been happy with Brian Thomas Jr., I was a little bit surprised because it seems like Jordan Strong's been full go. He's been out there with the ones. I mean, all our viewing windows in practice, which of course were limited. I think I remember Jordan being out there with the ones. I, um, I think all... Literally, like all, like all of them out there. The other one uh, we figured would be more of a crapshoot, and I do think to your point, Wes, the the every single one of the guys men- mentioned at the other spot as an or have have spent a spell in blue mm-hmm. during the preseason. So I think that's left it a little bit more up in the air. Yeah, and obviously with these two edge spots, and again, one of them's listed as outside linebacker, but you're going to see rotations there. So all these guys are going to get their playing time. We just don't know who specifically the starter for those spots are going to be. Yeah, and uh, I don't I don't know why they went OLB this time. Um, maybe to confuse people. But I, first of all, I, I finally thought I had learned how to... I, I started out Deju, and... Good move. Then I, I was like, no, I'm I'm going to be an adult here and say his name correctly and now i'm realizing i've got to reteach myself but uh that's for another day i um i I still i mean i don't know about you chris i'd be kind of surprised if strong isn't out there first like i I feel like he will be the starter but sounds like lots of rotation there and depending here's my thing man depending on how banged up those other guys really are and what they're situation is going through this week i'm rolling Tonka out there at the other spot like i like it let, let's just throw Tonka out there tj boogie can be in the middle strong on the outside rotate those other guys in pass rush situations roll brian thomas jr in there on the outside slide Tonka inside to me that's probably getting your best for on the field if it's a situation where you start to get into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you're like, man, these guys still aren't a hundred percent. So that that's one of those unknowns. We we don't have their their medical situation right now. Obviously, Shane Beamer going to speak at one thirty today. We'll get a, an injury update. We'll see how much he gives away 
on that. But uh, such a luxury, though, to have Tonka Hemingway. I'm, I'm reading our Gamecock Central football preseason superlatives, Chris. And spoiler, you have Tonka Hemingway as defensive MVP this year. But a, a big reason for his value, other than just being a really good football player, is that lets them do so much as far as if you if you have a little issue here, slide Tonka out there. If um, you want to just say, hey, we're going to be super deep and rotate guys pretty liberally inside, then you play Tonka inside. So um, his versatility, I mean, TJ Sanders' versatility as well to an extent is just such a key thing for Travion Robertson. And, and then if he's on the outside, obviously, Sterling Lucas. Well, and you mentioned luxury. I mean, luxury to have T.J. Sanders there who's good enough to start. I mean, if Tonka Hemingway didn't exist, who would be your other starter? There is there is absolutely no doubt that it's T.J. Sanders. The staff really, really likes this guy. And, and so I think, Wes, when you're even talking about getting your best four on the field, when you've got somebody with Tonka's skill set, we know around the time of, of uh, media days and preseason, you know, the, the talk was, from Tonka, the staff, hey, I'm an inside guy. But circumstances are a little bit different now, right? They still, there's still some questions there, Edge. There's still, there's, there's TJ Sanders continuing to come on in the preseason. There's uh, the versatility that Tonka Hemingway has. So it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if we see that. The, another wild card in this guy that didn't make the depth chart is Drew Tuzama, of mm-hmm, course. Mm-hmm. And so Shane Beamer has mentioned he's going to play. Clayton White said, I don't remember paraphrasing, you know, we expect him to, him to play. We think he can play. Now, what does that mean? Well, he probably makes the travel roster, right? Mm-hmm. You got to think of that. You, you're not getting your full boat of guys. Um, so he, he probably goes to Charlotte, but how much does he play? Does it increase the amount of snaps that he may take because if some of these other guys that have been that have spent time in blue again, all three guys at the one spot that were oars as starters, does that increase the likelihood that we see more of Drew Tuizama in Game One? I, I'm not saying this is in any way an ideal situation, but Chris, if if they had to play Drew T quite a bit, I do wonder how much does again luxury. The luxury of potentially having, let's say he's out there at the edge spot, the defensive end spot. You have Tonka on the field inside with him. You have Boogie on the field. You have Jordan Strong on the field. Not not that it's ideal for a guy to be yelling assignments to his teammate while trying to get lined up himself, but I, I do sort of think there's some value in having a bunch of veterans beside him to where if it came down to it, you could rotate him in. You could say, hey, you know, you could put him in situationally, but sometimes you can't make subs in college football. You know, sometimes yeah. they're, they're, they're getting to the line of scrimmage with a quickness and saying, we're going to keep you in your current personnel package. So having a guy like Tonka or Boogie right beside him, though, being like, hey, th- this, is you, this is you on this play, um, maybe makes you feel a little bit more comfortable with what you're going to do because obviously – that guy's been here two weeks, so I mean, it's uh, it's not necessarily ideal, but he's played a lot of ball. This is not a freshman. He's physically mature, and 
you know, I, I think that very much helps. Uh, by the way, guys, I know we're going to hit a break here in a second, but um, Stat of War, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, he, whether you care about analytics or not, he has very interesting advanced statistical previews of games where they give percentages, chances that one team will beat the other. He has released his today for South Carolina, North Carolina, which I want to hit on the other side. We'll take a look at that coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. As Wes mentioned just before the break there, Parker Fleming, Stats of War on Twitter, one of the best follows when it comes to advanced analytics in the world of college football, did release his advanced stat sheet for the South Carolina and North Carolina game coming up on Saturday night. Slight edge for South Carolina when it comes to the win probability, but as we've seen with uh, so many of these spread or so many of the lines for this game, definitely a toss-up pick them. Wow, just steal my thunder, Tyler. That's what I was about to tell everyone. How how I've never seen one closer than this, I feel like. Projected score, Chris. South Carolina, 30.41 points. Wow, that's going to be hard. North Carolina, 30.27 points. For, I mean, 
So South Carolina's going to win by, uh, I've already forgotten the numbers, 0.14? Uh, that is 14 tenths of a point. Yes. 14 one hundredths. 14 one hundredths of a point. Yeah. 14 tenths would be like 1.4. Anyway. <laughs> that very is close. close. Very close. That is very close. Can you give us some context? Like, no. What is the reasoning? No. I have no idea. None. Okay. Whatever formula Parker uses. Well, here here's the thing. We we need Will Helms. Will Helms would, would be able to provide this. <laughs> he can but, speak this language. <laughs> I I could give some insight, but I don't know I don't know where it's coming from for a week one game. Like how this obviously has to be highly, highly um dependent on some numbers from last year. Sure. But how much is it adjusted going into this year in terms of I mean, taking out what guys lost, taking you know, adding in transfer. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Mo- most of his stuff, from what I've seen, is uh, purely statistical. So as the season goes along, it's gonna the model is gonna get better and better and better. Um, as of right now, I mean, you look at it, and it, it's kind of like what you would expect if you were looking at the two teams last year, um, North Carolina extremely efficient on offense. South Carolina, pretty efficient on offense. Then North Carolina, just awful on defense. Yep. I mean, absolutely horrendous. And then South Carolina, pretty good on defense against the pass, um, not good on defense against the run. So just looking at that, it, it looks highly dependent on what we saw last year. As we know, these are not the same teams as last year. But I, I think just further locks in to me the idea that no, nobody really knows how to frame up this game about what to expect. Like, not that games are played on paper, but at least they give you an idea percentage-wise, hey, these teams play 10 times, this team probably going to win seven or eight just as a like example random example in this case i think most people look at this game as a coin flip yeah and i think even when you you know in the transfer portal era it may become more and more difficult to predict games it's hard to predict games anyway like eye tests computer whatever um, especially games that get closer and closer to you know if a team has a 99% chance to win on a computer they're probably winning. Mm-hmm. But when you get to 60, 50, 40, like on a computer, that typically means that's going to match your eye test. And so I feel like the consensus is, I don't want to put words in, in your mouth, Wes, but th- this is probably going to be a close game. I mean, I, I don't know that any, any of us sitting around, fan, maybe there's some North Carolina fans out there that think they're going to win by 50. Might be some Carolina fans out there that think that they're going to win by 60. Generally, the reasonable take is it's probably going to be a close game. Um, you got some new faces. You've got some guys stepping into bigger roles. You have new offenses. It's just, it's. I think it's really, it's kind of tough to predict on a computer model, yet it does have it really close. And I think that's what we're all expecting, right? And even some of what you modeled out based on last year is kind of what we're expecting this year for some teams. I think going into this game, we... We expect points to be scored, right? We, right. We, you, you expect South Carolina's offense to be more consistent, and there's some weapons, and there's Spencer Rattler, and you feel like they're going to score some points. You got Drake May 
and their receivers, their their running backs. You feel like there's going to be some points, and then both these teams obviously have some questions on defense. Even even if both teams get better on defense, is it going to be a, a, just an overwhelmingly big difference from last season? Maybe not. So it is an interesting model, and um, I know I haven't settled in on my final game score. I guess we'll have we settled in on when we're doing that Friday, probably. I guess here it is Friday. Yeah. Sounds 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 good. Uh, I haven't settled in. What I do know is it's going to be close. That'll be my in sticking that's, with my theme. That's Chris's favorite phrase. Yes. The uh, so again, these are from last year. But to go a little deeper into it, maybe a couple of keys to the game glaring out here. Um, Parker does something he calls third and fourth down success, which kind of combines the two. I think if you go for it on third and don't get it, but you still convert on fourth, that's a success. Like it's it's not. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think that's just a combination. Like you just added up the the two variables there. Um, North Carolina offensively was seventh in the country um, in third slash fourth down success. South Carolina defensively last year one seventeenth in the country in third or fourth down success. So um, we, I mean that that tracks right. We saw yeah. South Carolina struggling to get off the field at times when it did not involve turnovers. And then North Carolina just obviously staying on the field quite a bit. Something that swings in Carolina's favor. Field position, 119 in the country for UNC, sixth in the country for South Carolina, which I think is directly from South Carolina's success on special teams. It's not because they were just (laughs) moving the ball up and down the field all the time, right? Yes. So that, I mean... Imagine that. Imagine this picture, though. You know, I mean, if South Carolina can be more consistent offensively, even if you're not scoring, limit your turnovers, move the chains a little more. Sure, you, definitely, you got to score some more points, especially week one. This is a game you got to score some points. If your special teams can be on par with what we saw last season, and then if your defense can improve some, now your schedule I think is even more difficult than last year, which is saying something. But but that does give you – there are legitimate reasons. Like, you can get there. You can see a path to all those things happening. It's not unreasonable to say, well, their special teams could be as good. Their defense could be better. The offense could be better. You can see all those happening. Right. I think the question is just whether or not they do. Does one of them happen? Does two – all three. If all three happens, that's your formula for, you know, the type of season that you would like to have. Right. We continue to break this down a little bit more. Let's hear some of what Mac Brown and his assistants had to say yesterday. Coming up, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, here on the game. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game here in Columbia, 100.5 in Florence. And 100.3 in Myrtle Beach, presented as always by our friends at Firehouse Subs. What's up, Florence? What's up, Myrtle Beach? Glad to have y'all here on the network. Again, Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark, 
Chris, we were talking depth chart before we went to break. Let, let's keep it right there, man. Um, any other surprises or maybe not surprises, just noteworthy things on this? I, I found myself kind of um, trying to look ahead at how this depth chart might change, uh, you know, maybe even not literally. I don't know how some, you know, Beamer does update it a little bit more than, say, Will Muschamp did. Um, and we got more than the Nick Saban gave people. A depth chart. Yeah, we at least got a depth chart. So I'm, I'm happy. I have no complaints. And I plan on kind of mentally updating it, if not actually updating it on Gamecock Central, as we kind of see how things play out in reality. But... I kind of found myself saying, "All right, we, we've got we've got two running backs on here. Who would they hypothetically have put third at running back? Mm-hmm. What you know, Beamer mentioned, kind of. All right, we know to carry on starting, but there's still been a lot of competition. He said this last week. It's been a lot of competition to be in the rotation behind him. So if if Joiner goes out there first, which we fully expect, that's going to happen." And Juju goes out there second. Who's the next guy at running back? How close is a Vakari Swain at cornerback to also being in that rotation? Who, you know, if there's two backups listed, which obviously there are, um, you know, at positions like safety and cornerback, who's truly next man up? Like, I, I think if, there, if DQ or Nick E would have to come out, my impression from things I've heard is that, yes, Jalen Kilgore would probably be next man up at safety. We did get a glimpse at a uh, practice a couple weeks ago when OD Fortune was not in there for the drill. Emory Floyd was next man up, so to speak, at cornerback. So we, we do have a better feel for some things here, but there are still things that we will not learn until Saturday evening in Charlotte. I was curious, and like you said, no huge surprises here. Um, we, we went over a couple of them earlier, just you know, slight surprises, but out of the rest of them, it's a little bit more just like, okay, that, that makes sense. So let me go to special teams. A Marion Brown, punt returner, no or. Just a Marion Brown, Eddie Lewis behind him, seemingly at number two. Now, this was a question. We know that Pete Limbo had said a non-negotiable, Xavier Leggett, kick returner, That we knew that would be the case. I wasn't sure what we would get at punt returner as far as the depth chart. either I, I figured we could get a Marion Brown number one, which we got. We can maybe get Eddie Lewis number one because his, of his experience doing it at the college level at Memphis. Limbo's familiarity with that. Um, or an or. I, I figured we, we maybe could have gotten that. And so Brown appears to have won this job. Now, is there ever a split? Maybe. Uh, does it change? Maybe. Uh, do we see both of them back there at times? Pete Limbo has more than hinted at that, at that possibility. I think we could. And so that that was one thing where you kind of have maybe a little bit more clarity. Uh, another one, Wes, that just sticks out to me, Nicholas Harbor officially listed as a, as a quote-unquote backup mm-hmm. in one of the spots. I was curious to see, did Peyton Mangrum, would Peyton Mangrum make the two deep? He did not in this instance, and would Nick Harbor make it? If he did make it, would he be, say, an or? And so we know Nick Harbor has missed some practice time later in the preseason. So how much he plays, um, we'll see. 
but I thought that was noteworthy at least that, that he did make it as a backup. Do you read at all into Harbor being listed behind Juice Wells and then Omega being listed behind Leggett? Like specifically, because when, you know, when, when Wells has missed time, which we know he has, it has primarily been, it was kind of, well, Juice and Hart, or excuse me, uh, Omega Blake and Nicholas Harbor have been taking reps in place of Juice Wells, kind of at that particular receiver spot was the impression I got. Mm -hmm. Now they're both mentioned on here. They're both listed, but at different spots at receiver. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Is this the one spot that might be getting into some semantics or? I mean, possibly. I I think that's possible. Because, I mean, I think, like Peyton Mangrum, is he not in that rotation? Maybe, you know, as a sixth or seventh guy. I feel like he might be in there. I mean, Eddie Lewis making it made sense. We figured he'd be in that top six. But the way Omega Blake has played, we figured he'd be in the top six. And look, with Nicholas Harbor, we know the staff is going to utilize him. How they utilize him is a fascinating question. How, how much? Game one, how much, right? I think that role will probably grow from right now, sitting here today, to you know game eight, just made up a, a game number. It's probably different. I think there's going to be an expansion as he continues to develop, as he continues to learn. Um, I'm not surprised that Nick Carver made it. Like I joked about this yesterday, but imagine a depth chart with, without Nick Carver on it. I mean, the Firehouse Subs text line, Love Chevy phone lines would be lighting up right now. Where's Nick? People, why, why isn't he on there? Is yeah. he? Is he? Yeah. Some people would take it too far. Like, is he a bust because he didn't make it immediately? So. We we need to continue to temper the expectations, but um, in all seriousness, not not a huge surprise he made it. I, I think it would have been a talking point if he didn't, but I don't think that would have been super noteworthy if he didn't, if that makes sense. How many guys not on this too deep? Because it, it is too deep at, like that one. at most spots. Sometimes you got enough oars that it becomes a three deep, which uh, is making Preston Thorne shiver <laughs> in the corner about it. Um, yeah. How many guys not listed on this too deep play offense or defense, not special teams? Ah, okay, okay. Play on Saturday in Charlotte. Ooh. I, I'm going to say DJ Braswell not listed. So you plays. think Braswell's taking a, a snap at running back? On Saturday night? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I like that. You don't think so? I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm there yet. I hope so. I would. I, I want to see it but I don't know if I'm there yet. That, and that's, to be clear, that's not like somebody told me, oh, yeah, Braswell's going to get right, right. 15 snaps. <laughs> that's just an opinion. That's just a educated opinion, okay. but an opinion. So, I, I mean, I think Mario Anderson and Braswell will take a snap. So there's two okay. in my world. There's two. Um, you know, I would have thought maybe Vakari Swain, but... I, I don't know. It, it sounds like there's a couple of guys he would have yeah. to pass to do so. And, and again, maybe Swain's a guy that pops up on special teams, but I'm thinking more along the lines of offense or defense. Um, let's see, Drew T. That would be another. Yeah. I mean, that's the that might be the easiest one. Yeah, unless they're just messing with us, saying he's <laughs> going to play. Possible, but no, I, I think he'll play. I think you're right. I would think maybe along the way, a fifth defensive tackle potentially gets in. 
Yep. I mean, you rotate a lot. And Elijah Davis or Xavier McLeod. Yes. Or both. Yeah. Um, or Jamal. Hey, Jamal Weiss was mm-hmm. in the mix with that third team for our practice viewing windows. So I, I don't want to completely say he couldn't be in that mix too, especially if you really want to like play out this exercise. Tonka Hemingway, if Tonka does have to play some outside at that end spot, like we talked about earlier, does that sort of, that, that puts you deeper into your depth at defensive tackle. You know, if they run some, if they run some three linebacker stuff, you maybe start to get into, you know, who's playing Sam is, you know, Bam Martin Scott, he's been banged up, but that's a guy who's not listed, but at least in preseason or before we got to preseason camp, we were in summer workouts. You know, you're here and this guy has, has made some steps forward as well. So I don't know his status at this point, but. That would be another if, guy to, to keep an eye if on. If healthy. And, and Pup Power being a freshman, we know he's been impressive, but he also missed some time. Mm-hmm. He's good now, but he missed some time. Um, so I, I think Bam, maybe you trade out those two in, in a way. Bam is one. A couple other guys that came to mind, I'd mentioned Peyton Mangrum. That might be one. You know, he didn't make the two deep, but I could see him taking some snaps at receiver. Kawan Banks. Yeah. If there was a mild surprise... You know, if you're only listing two, I can see. I mean, Kawan has played some corner. He's played nickel. And your two nickels are David Spaulding at the, at the backup spot, who's played a good bit here when he's been healthy, and then Keenan Nelson, who started in the bowl game. So it makes sense. But Kawan Banks, I, I, thought, could, I could see. You thought he'd pop up somewhere? Yeah, and, and, and so I think he fits this mold of being someone that, you know, is not on the depth chart. But if we see him out there on Saturday, we say, okay, there's Kawan Banks. He's playing. Yeah, not a shock, um, especially if, if North Carolina is going to spread it out as mm-hmm. you would expect and throw the ball around and put a bunch of uh, receivers on the field. Uh, you know, th- that would be a case where maybe you, you get to some, what you would call like some dime defenses and putting an, another DB out there and passing situations, I think. So, um, you know, I, I would have said, I would have thought we would be saying a Brian Thomas Jr. potentially, but Brian Thomas Jr., he made it as yeah. a, he's a co starter. Technically, <laughs> yes, it's a big co-starter. Yes, you got, so, got six guys starting at the at the edge spot. That's depth. <laughs> well, we'll we'll find out. One way but, to put it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we uh, I think we can read into this, but at the same time, we uh, we uh, you know we'll see what happens there moving forward. Um, all right, guys. Uh, on the other side, we'll uh, hear from Mac Brown. Uh, it's Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. What is seven five? The game presented by Firehouse Subs. The game will be at the beach, in the PD, and the Midlands. That almost covers the whole Palmetto State. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Cox Central Takeover Hour. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. You know, they've got skill. Uh, they've got some new offensive linemen, so it's really hard for us to tell who they are right now. Um, 
and they've got a new offensive coordinator. So I think that so much of that will have to be our defensive staff adjusting to what they do. They opened up early with a, a new quarterback against us in the bowl game. He slung one deep, and they hit it for a touchdown. So they really got us on our heels, and, and, and we never came back from it. Um, and, and like Art said, they, 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 they'll pull tricks on you to get momentum going. So uh, they're, they're a really well-coached team. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game here in Columbia, 100.3 in Myrtle Beach, and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, Tyler Head here in studio. And uh, that was, of course, the voice of UNC head coach Mac Brown talking about the South Carolina offense, but also guys sounded like he was talking a little bit about the special teams in there too, talking about you got to be aware of tricks, uh, you got to be aware of, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's still stuck in their craw a little bit that the carry-on joiner started at quarterback in that game and then hit him with a deep ball right he, off the bat. He actually mentioned that earlier on in his press conference. He didn't say to carry on joiner by name, but he said they stuck in a quarterback we weren't expecting and he yeah. hits for a deep ball. Yeah, so... Uh, they, they were totally unprepared for... The, like, couldn't fathom <laughs> that that was a possibility. And so, so now, man, does this bode well for South Carolina? Because now... Uh, you, you have you probably aren't starting to carry on Joiner at quarterback. We know that, but man, the offensive line don't know who those guys are. You don't know you got a new offensive coordinator. It seems like they're uh, well, maybe in, even more confused this year. In a way, that could play into South Carolina's advantage because you don't know what necessarily Dow Loggins can throw at you. And certainly, you can look at his game film from the NFL. Of course, that was heavily influenced by Adam Gase and his time as an offensive coordinator there. But he's literally never called a play in college before. You know, you look at Chip Lindsey and what he did at Central Florida or Troy, and you get an idea of what North Carolina's offense is going to look like. But really, South Carolina's could go in any, any direction from the standpoint of what yep. North Carolina's trying to prepare for. I mean, wouldn't it be the best troll job in the world if they just uh, <laughs> put Joyner in there at QB on the first snap and, and threw a deep ball to the tight end? Just to r- phenomenal. Run one play in the triple option. Just one. You're on that hill, aren't you, Todd? I am. You want he, the he and Colin are all the about the triple option for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I thought you were a Georgia fan. Like you should. What you should hate the triple option just oh, I because. I hate the triple option. So from a standpoint of having to, of not preparing for that, that would throw them completely off guard. Yeah, that 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 works in NCAA football 2014. I don't I don't think it. You, I, can, you can run option concepts. Put Lenore Sellers out there. That'll throw him off. Hey, I just what just one play. That's all I'm asking. Okay. Just throw them off. We'll give you a speed option to the boundary. Hey, that play always, always works. Speed option is the best play in the history of football. <laughs> that and the wheel route are uh, yes. Yes. undefeated, so always I think. But um, Mac Brown, I feel like there is even still a little just um, kind of tinge of, of Lou Holtz in there. Like, um, ah, we don't, we don't know what they're doing here. New offensive line. Like, he's still kind of playing up the underdog mentality without actually saying it yeah he can't do the nobody's picking us thing anymore but there was a little bit of yeah you know gee golly um (laughs) i don't i don't know what we're gonna do like did did y'all get that was the whole press conference like that uh it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit okay he he, he definitely hit on it a few times he's, he's playing that card you're right he's he is he's struggling for material because of the whole he can't do the whole you know win one for the gipper thing 
Well, that that quarterback that surprised them two years ago is playing running back now. So I think they do know that. Did he mention that, Tyler? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have that. Does he realize that Decarion Joyner will be a running he, back? He, this he year? is aware okay. Decarion Joyner is right, a running back. Is he aware that he's two hundred twenty nine pounds now? <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully so. By the way, real quick, Firehouse Subs text line got a text. Uh, Josh at the Firehouse Subs text line. He wanted to know if anyone had a player comparison for joining a running back comparison. Wes, you're an expert at this. I'm, uh, don't put that on me. I uh, Well, no, I thought you would just go to Montario Hardesty's player comparisons. Yeah, but I don't remember what he said. Oh, okay. So, well, uh, uh, D- Joyner really likes Alvin Kamara, former Tennessee, New yep. Orleans Saints. Um, so he, he I, I gave him that, that one. I think that's what Hardesty said. Yeah. I think yeah, it yeah. was Kamara. He, he, said, he said he thinks that, but he's like, DK thinks he's Kamara, so I'll give him that one. And then also mentioned Josh Jacobs. Man, that's right. If Decarion could be like, I don't know, a three quarters of both those guys, that would that would be uh, probably get the job done. That would that would definitely give Mac Brown some. Yeah, Chris is. <laughs> I just looked it up. Concerns. Chris is absolutely right. Yeah, that would give him um, some concerns for sure. I, I love I love the comps, man. Oh, those are great. Got some Emmett Smith in there for <laughs> Mario Anderson, Austin Eckler for yeah. Juju. Yeah. But I, I do get it. I think it's cool. Like, give them something to thrive, you know, to strive towards. Sure. Um, it's kind of like, all right, he even made a point to be like, hey, guys, I'm not saying they're this player. But yeah. this, at, at their peak, at the peak of their powers, yeah. this is what I'm hoping they can strive right. to be. Well, it, stylistically. It, it's like, I see what you do and what you do well. Here's somebody that you can compare yourself mm-hmm. to and learn from. Yeah, watch the film. Uh, Gigi McDowell. Who people are kind of dismissing, I think, a little bit this year. Definitely under the radar. Gonna play a key role. Um, Austin Eckler and and Hardesty used that one to say, "Hey, you need to gain a little bit of weight here." Nope. It's our dramatic outro music. A like dramatic it. conclusion to the show. Um, we have upgraded the music on the show. I'm excited. Yeah. We're getting better. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Terry coming up right here on the game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Facebook.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.